Welcome to Ask the Tech Coach, brought to you by the TeacherCast Educational Network. If you are in charge of professional development and looking to build an innovative digital learning experience, this is the podcast for you. Join us each week as we uncover strategies that tech coaches are using to drive their digital transformations one classroom at a time. And now for your host, with over two decades of experience working with tech coaches and edtech companies from all around the world, Jeff Bradbury. Hello, everybody, and welcome to the TeacherCast Educational Network. My name is Jeff Bradbury. Thank you so much for joining us today and making TeacherCast home for your professional learning. This is Ask the Tech Coach podcast, episode number 125. Today, we start a series of shows all about an amazing book, one that we're going to be really deep diving in here called Coaching Matters. If you've had a chance to check it out, I highly recommend it. And with me, as always, to study this great book and talk about all things educational technology coaching, Susan Vincent. Sue, how are you today? Welcome to the show. I am great again. It's uh, great to have another week behind us and a new week ready to go um, as we put this out on Monday morning. And I'm looking forward to this book study. This is going to be just new and different for us. As I am looking forward to this, too. You know, I've had the opportunity over the last couple of years, uh, especially on this show here, to really get to know coaching, both from the practical being in there, yeah. but also from that underbelly of having a chance to have great podcasts with authors of coaching books. We had Jared Borman on. Um, we had a couple of other great people on that I, names are escaping me right now, but we had a lot of good shows. If you go yeah. back into our archives of over 125 episodes at this point, but I'm really excited about this. I've been wanting to find a book that I can deep dive in and really go through here. And, you know, coaching matters at the side, you know, we're looking at the second edition here is really, you know, it, it, it's 11 chapters. You know, it's not a lot, but it really has been deep diving into stuff. I haven't had a chance to read through the whole thing. I'm a couple chapters in, going to try to stay ahead of the podcast here. If you guys have looked at Coaching Matters as a book, the first edition, second edition, we would love to hear from you guys. Please reach out to us on Twitter at Ask the Tech Coach. You can go over to askthetechcoach.com. Or you know what? We're even trying to get a hold of the authors, Jolene Killian, Chris Bryan, or Heather Clifton. If you know any of these authors or can help us get a hold of them, would love to have them on the show. Would love to have them know that we're doing a book study on this great masterpiece. And we'll love, of course, to have them be a part of the Ask the Tech Coach family. Sue, I, I know you're coming at this from a slightly different angle. You've got your experiences. I've got mine. But really what we're going to talk about today is our first chapter of Coaching Matters. Basically, the whole idea, if I can wrap this whole thing up into one sentence, more coaching, more gooder. Absolutely. You know, it's this first chapter is just all about the foundation of, you know, establishing yourself as a coach. And Jeff, like you just said, becoming gooder or better gooder like we might say here in Kentucky but yes more coaching more gooder better uh, but yes the more you do it and the more experience you get and the more you deep dive into it you know you're going to use those experience to help yourself move forward and in turn help those teachers move forward oh absolutely and in turn if we're going to be coaching teachers Teachers are going to have those experiences, learn new things, have those opportunities to grow and improve themselves. And ultimately, what we're going to find today and throughout the next couple of weeks here is more gooder teachers equals more gooder students. Absolutely. And I like what uh, Joellen Killian says in the foreword there. 
everything new needs a partnership agreement. So it's not, you know, a coach going in there and, um, you know, barreling their way in and here we are, we're going to do this. It's that partnership among so many different entities. You know, there's a reason why we're starting this book study this week. Um, you know, in my school district, um, we just got a brand new crop of digital learning coaches. And if you've been listening to the show here, I'm so excited to have an amazing new group of, of brothers and sisters and friends and stuff to kind of put together. And we're really starting to come together and build this. And we're, we're talking about this book as we go through as a, as a district um, here on our show. I want to do it with you guys, our Ask the Tech Coach Nation, if you will, about all these things. And this week, I actually had a chance to walk into a new school um, one that I've been working with before, but really I'm, I'm walking into this new school as their digital learning coach. So it's not just Jeff, the PD guy, it's here, we're going to form a relationship. And I had the opportunity um, this week to really kind of wander through the hall, wander through the hallways, uh, wondering also at the same time. Got a chance to meet some coaches, got a chance to meet some of their teachers, talk with their administrators, all those different things. Now, some of them, embraced me as, hi, um, I have some things I'd like to work on. I'm looking forward. When can we meet? Some of them came up and are, hi, I'm doing fine. My Google works. Thanks for being here. And some of them were just looking at me like, why are you here? And isn't that where it all starts, right? We have to kind of figure out where things are. And it is that partnership agreement. We talk about this a lot on the show, right? Forming out that idea of coaching is a partnership. We're going to work together. It's not about Microsoft. It's not about Google. It's not about, you know, are you using breakout rooms? It is a partnership agreement that basically says, we're here to help your students achieve more. Yes, absolutely. You know, being there to collaborate and, you know, develop that. And, you know, as we continue discussing this chapter, it talks a, a lot about that of just strengthening the teaching and strengthening the learning and building that culture. You mm -hmm. know, just like in students that hi uh, Maslow's hierarchy of needs, you know, you're not going to teach them much about, you know, addition and subtraction or phonics and comprehension unless their basic needs are met. And it's the same way with coaching teachers, coaching adults, you know, they don't care about Google Drive and how Microsoft Teams or Google Meet works until you have developed that relationship and proven yourself to them. It's two things here. I mean, really, when it comes down to here, we're talking about the strategy, right? Like you and that teacher want to come up with a strategy for how to address student learning, how to help improve the student outcomes, how to build that culture and collaboration. And that's difficult, right? On one hand, you're trying to build a culture of collaboration with the building. That's based off of the principal's goals, maybe based off the district's goals. But you're also trying to do a culture of collaboration and learning inside the individual classrooms. Those are your teacher goals. Mm -hmm. And each of those goals can be similar. They can be a little bit different. But a coach does need to balance where they are in that coaching cycle with the buildings, coaching cycle with the teachers, and also your overall coaching cycle and philosophy, perhaps of your own knowledge or your department's knowledge or what the district is asking you to do. Exactly. And, you know, in, in that uh, realm of developing that partnership and that collaboration, it, it, 
you know, sometimes it takes a while. We've talked about that before. It could take a year to two years, but then it's guiding that learning and into the practice. You know, we talk about the I do and we do and then you do, and it takes some guidance and it's not going to happen overnight. But, you know, transferring that new learning after they trust you into practice and then refining it, you know, all about that SAMR model, you know, we talk about. What are some pieces of advice, Sue, that you have um, for any new coach walking into a building for the first time, right? And, and I know I'm asking this because we, we've had these conversations recently. You know, I'm going into buildings for the first time as yes. as an official member of their family. Um, what should I be looking out for as I walk into these buildings, as I approach strangers that will soon become brothers and sisters? You know, you look for, first of all, just those facial expressions. And I guess that's like anywhere when you walk into a new place or a store, just you look for those friendly, smiling faces who you want to strike up a conversation with. You know, you're walking through a grocery store and, you know, somebody smiles at you and, you know, you'll say, hello, how's your day or something. So same way when you walk into a school as a coach for the first time, it's that teacher who is open and willing and it may be they provide a smile. They may provide a hello and welcome. So those are the people, obviously, as human nature, we're going to gravitate to. And then you just start talking to them. And as a coach, you know, it's so important to not be that book smart, you know, impart all of your knowledge upon them. Oh, I know how to do this, this and this. It's developing that relationship. And that's what a coach does, whether you're a coach in a, a basketball team or you're coaching teachers to use technology in a classroom. The word coach means many things, right? Absolutely. Helper, friend. We talk about the word therapist a lot. You know, one of the things that I like asking teachers when I first meet them is, hey, how are you doing? I don't, I, I usually start with how are you before I start with what are you doing and, and, yes. and what, tell me what your Chromebook is doing. You know, the, the technology will come, the applications will come, the learning will come, but we do need to find w where those teachers are, especially in a year where kids are in school, kids are out of school, buildings are on, buildings are off. You never know day to day where things are going. They might be great in their classroom, but their own kids at home might be doing a uh, hybrid learning with nobody in their houses. I mean, the idea of making sure that the teacher's social, emotional, well-built being is, is okay. Yeah. We um, talk so much about the kids, social, emotional learning. Those teachers mm -hmm. are important too. And that's where we come in. I've had that happen so many times lately that first week back to school after holiday break uh, the teacher had asked me to come in she needed help with flipgrid i believe it was and she said yeah. Can you come in my planning time i need some help organizing my flipgrid lessons so i sat down got there and she just had that tired look on her face and i had to look at her and i said what's up and so she just told me what was going on in her life had some sickness family members suffering from the yeah. virus and you know, they just sometimes need a therapy session and they need to vent and, to you. And that's totally okay. Absolutely. That's, you know, it's totally okay to walk in and not say the word Google Classroom. You know, mm -hmm. teachers right now are all told how to teach by their district and what those expectations are. But at the same time, really, for the first time in a long time, teachers now see how other teachers are doing it because if they have kids at home, they now know how other school districts are really teaching and really, you know, so they're able to compare. And sometimes the comparison is favorable. Sometimes the comparison is different. But 
we as coaches can't really make those first steps with instructional differences. Um, if, if the teachers aren't quite clear in their mind and they're worrying about a million things, or if you know that, you know, the, the other third grade teacher is out because of it circumstances, um, it's hard to have those conversations. You might go in there and say, look, I'm here. You, you signed me up. We want to work on a project. And you go in and you realize that two out of the three fifth grade teachers are not in the building for various health reasons. Yes. Okay. Maybe it's time to make a left turn before you even start those different things. So the whole idea of coaches understanding, you know, where a teacher's coming from is really, really uh, imperative, I think, especially these days. Mm -hmm. So then, you know, we we develop that relationship. And then some some people it's, you know, we talk back to the first time walking into a new building. And Jeff, you're probably experiencing this now is, you know, how do we get across the benefits of what we're doing to them? You know, we've developed a relationship. We've become friends and maybe they're starting to trust us. But then how do we convince them that, you know, we're here to help them and that we can can offer some benefits because they may be questioning of why does this coach need to come into my classroom? You know, the book does a really good job at outlining, I think it's 10 or 11 benefits. And those are anything from using the coach to improve a department, improve a school. You know, those are different goals and they're from coming from different people, um, promoting the idea of self directed learning it's one of the things that we like to talk about here in the show of how you know how do you create learning experiences that don't need uh, a pd session or don't need the coach um things like asynchronous you know uh modules on a, on a staff development page or uh we we talked the other day in our co in our coaching roundtables about potty pd right you put some yeah. pictures and images and stuff up on the wall in the bathroom and suddenly as they're doing their business now you're seeing the latest and greatest in Google Slides and stuff like that. Yeah. Um, building capacity for leadership. Like this is a big one for coaches. Sitting down with those principals, and you know, so we've done many shows on this. Mm -hmm. Asking the principal, what are your goals? What are the short term? What are the long terms? How can I help you with that? Because you know, we we were talking about this in school this week. I I can't be effective with your teachers if you're feeling a um, variety of ways to say organized or, or organized, right? Like yes. if, if you're feeling a little messy, I can't work with your teachers in the way that we want to. I, we all need to have this together. So how can I help you? And those are conversations that tech coaches should be having with their administrators a couple times a year as things change, as goals shift and as the year progresses. Exactly. You know, that's huge. And, you know, if you look back and again, in our archives, we have an episode um, several episodes ago where we talked about developing that relationship with administrators and how important that is of establishing yourself and not just checking in oh once and then going. Keep that uh, pulse of what's going on in the building. One of the other benefits that the book talks about, and this is something I'm starting to work on now in, in my role, is helping new teachers get up to speed. And that can be done from a variety of ways that could be done with just, you know, if you see somebody new to the building, go up and hi, here's my email. Here's how we can find things. It could be through an application like a Teams or some kind of chat box where you just know that, hey, I'm here for you. You know, maybe yeah. once every couple of days, you just, hey, here's something new. Here's something new. Um, what do you think? But being that mentor, if you will, to new staff members 
is really it's one of the nice perks of the job, right? Like you're not necessarily yeah. having to force Google Classroom down somebody. It's hey, if you need anything, I'm here. You want to know how to you know take a day off? I'm here to help. You need to know where to you know whatever, right? Using that ability is going to only help you have those instructional conversations, help you become more in one with those classrooms and help you raise the student outcomes in the classrooms. Very much. That's where a lot of the relationships are built. If you get in with those newer teachers as, you know, things arise, whether it be at the beginning of the year or, you know, a new teacher has to come in in the middle of the year, develop that relationship within, and then it feeds to the rest of the people as you, as it goes down the hallway. But Sue, it's not just for the new teachers, is it? No, not at all. We all know that, uh, you know, as as we're into teaching and we can especially talk about the last 12 months here, certain um, percentage of teachers are, are grounded in what they do. They, they've got their ways of doing things. That's not a bad sentence. That's this is how they, they're teaching. Now, suddenly the environment changes, right? Like we're doing hybrid. We got kids all over the place. It is the role of that coach to provide a new framework or a supporting framework when things have to get adjusted just so slightly. Oh, absolutely. You know, in the last 12 months, you know, if, if any of us as coaches ever felt like we were in a rut, I think that rut got broken 12 months ago when people really, you know, it mattered to them then what we had to tell them it mattered. They needed to know it. And that's when they fully started relying on us. I think that's why we talk a lot here about the importance of coaches being in a leadership role. Yes. Um, you know, one of the things that we we focus on a lot each week is making sure as a tech coach, you're invited into those leadership meetings. You might not say anything. You might not say much, but at least you can see where the vision is going. You can see what the goals are of the building. And that's sometimes easier than waiting till the end and then not knowing or Absolutely. not understanding the underlying reasons. I mean, you're there to help create those practices, those relationships, and really build that infrastructure. Um, I, I, they say this beautifully here in the book here, but they say that the, the primary focus of coaches is to serve the educators rather than just the students. So our students are the staff members. Exactly. Establishing that base with the you know, staff members to um, be part of that leadership. And I've been so fortunate at my school that I've been at almost three years now, or my district that I've been at three years now, you know, I'm part of that leadership team, part of the curriculum department. And, you know, I'm part of that planning when it comes to what's being taught. And then I can come in behind there and support what's being taught with um, technology training that will um, enhance their teaching skills as they move forward. So, one of the questions here that I, I'm starting to to think about, and I thought about this in my previous position, but now more that this is kind of where I'm going to be focused here over the next few months. Um, how do you make coaching a part of a teacher's routine, whether the coach is in the building or not? How do you just make it so that says, you know, how do you get a, a teacher to the point where I'm building a lesson for my third grade? I wonder what Susan thinks of this. I wonder what Susan would do or how, how can I get that? How can I be that guide on the side if I'm not the person sitting at home on Sunday making those lesson plans? Yeah, over the years, I've learned a lot. You know, I've been involved with coaching for a while now. And in my former district, we had us as tech coaches and we had instructional coaches. And the big um, 
the big uh, buzzword, if you will, and it still is around as a coaching cycle, you know, mm-hmm. and starting by obviously developing that relationship, but then, you know, meeting periodically and talking about going through an actual lesson, an actual unit together involving the tech coach. And if you have another instructional coach, bringing them in too, and you supporting the teacher that way through a cycle, that way they see see you coach them through a whole entire unit, not just, oh, will you come in and show me how to, you know, do this Flipgrid thing really quick for Mm -hmm. this book chapter that my kids are reading. No, it's cycling through them through a whole unit of study and not just one thing in isolation. It makes me wonder, right? Where does the coaching cycle start? Does it start from the teachers needing help and support? Does it start from the coaches understanding how to help teachers and students reach a certain uh, objective? Mm-hmm. Or does it start from the administration uh, creating an environment that makes a teacher comfortable to go and work with another adult, be vulnerable and have the opportunity to have those meaningful conversations. I think that I'm leading this question in a certain way, but Sue, um, what, 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 what makes coaching cycles work? Tell me it's letter C. <laughs> <laughs> well, I mean, it's important to have the support of the administrator. And that's one of those conversations that you need to have with the administrators is your plan for that concept to work and their buy-in to support it. Because if they're not supporting you, some teachers are just not going to do it with you. If the principal says, okay, I would like for you to try to participate in at least one coaching cycle or two coaching cycles over the whole school year, and that is required, maybe not hard nose, you must do this because that might not go over well either, but having that administrator buy-in and support in more of a supportive role and then encouraging that teacher And it's all about developing that foundational relationship at the beginning when you first walk into that building. One of the things that I noticed that is said a lot in this chapter, one of the things that we talk about on multiple shows, and I'm just going to kind of give you a quote here. It says, coaches are the intermediaries between administrators and the high level results and students and stuff like that. It doesn't say anything about coaches are the spies for the main office that will report back and tell the principal that Mr. Smith, the third grade teacher, can't make a Google assignment. What's the difference there? How do we make sure that we're intermediaries between the the administrators and student achievement and not spies for the establishment (laughs) or whatever the right words are there? That is always a very thin line to follow and a thin line to watch and crossing. You know, we need to speak in more general terms of, you know, and have that agreement with the administrator that when we do have these conversations of this is what I'm observing and this is what I'm helping Mr. J. Jones with, And he's coming along. So, you know, just like we would in a parent-teacher conference, you need to bring out the positives. And yes, sometimes you need to let the administrator know what you're working on with that teacher, but it's by no means telling that administrator to go nail him for not being able to do this, this, or this. 
So I, I, let's do a little quick role play here. Let's do this in like a minute here, but I'm going to be the principal. You're the coach. I'm going to say, hey, Sue, I want you to go into third grade because Mrs., Mr. Jones, I noticed, needs a little help doing X, Y, and Z. Can you help me with this? What's your response? Absolutely. I'll go check in with them and see how things are going. So your response isn't to go, yeah, the other day I was in his room and my goodness, he can't do this also. And did you notice this? And did you notice this? No. There's a difference in that, right? Absolutely. There's a difference. Yes. So having these little, uh, you know, you you are the advocate for, like, and you might even go, yes, happy to go do that. Did you notice he did this awesome thing last week? Yeah, and I'm so right. excited that he was there. Like, always be you know abc always be selling is that the idea here yeah always make sure that things are out there so you know we're talking about coaching matters um i hope that you guys are getting something out of this if you have any questions or would like to be on a show um please let us know reach out to us at ask the tech coach dm me i'd love to connect with you guys uh, as we go through these chapters one of my thoughts is maybe we can do a chapter with sue and i and then do a chapter with a bunch of coaches so that way we can kind of all discuss these chapters. I saw that on a Hamilton podcast and thought maybe that was a great idea where we can put stuff together. So really, we're going to make these shows all about you, with you, and for you. So if you've read this book or even if you haven't read this book but like to talk about any of these topics, please let us know. And of course, we would love to have you guys check out all the great stuff over on AskTheTechCoach.com. Now featuring a brand new podcast logo, by the way, Sue. It's a great yeah. one out there. And I'm looking forward to some great stuff here as we go through. So be proud of that logo. Yeah. <laughs> so let's kind of kind of keep going through in this chapter here, because one of the things that they talk a lot about is the contextual influences, right? Because yes. co co coaching really has a bunch of different things here, right? First of all, we want to define teacher leadership. We want to create roles and responsibilities in our classrooms. We want to be creating conditions for successful teacher leadership we want to be able to you know provide them the opportunity to stand up and be a part of the thing uh be part of the school we want to cultivate um again teacher leadership here and we want to work on how we're going to be assessing the the things that are happening in the classroom my question to you here is how do you assess your effectiveness as a coach on that's students, funny you on ask. I was getting ready mailing. to throw that question to you and look at you. You threw it to oh, me. Oh, that's why I'm asking See, the questions. Great minds think alike. <laughs> <laughs> no, to define a, define a successful program, I mean, that's just a lot of it is your situation, your location, you know, the school climate, what have you. But, you know, it's so important to have a vision and goals, just like a teacher in their evaluation each year is required to have a professional growth plan or whatever your school system calls it, you know, you as a coach needs need to have that as well. What are your goals for that year? Is it, you know, to um, bring your teachers up to speed on Microsoft Teams and SharePoint and what have you? Or is it to make sure they're up to speed on Google Classroom and being able to teach in a virtual environment? You know, in that case, that might be a little bit about the tool. But in doing all of that and creating those goals and establishing or carrying out those goals, You've got to have that vision in mind of where you want your teachers to be at the end of the year, just like as a teacher, you want to know where your students need to be at the end of the year. Is it is it where the teachers and students need to be or is it what the teachers and students need to be doing? Um, one of the things that they also mentioned here, and I'll just kind of quote one of the sentences here, coaching as a strategy 
for student improvement is based on the premise that improved teaching practice is a major route to improving student learning and thereby measured student achievement. So it's not by the end of the year, my teachers will know how to use a Google site. It's they're using a Google site to achieve greater student interaction, achievement, et cetera, through the use of being awesome in the classroom. Absolutely. Isn't there a difference in that math? It's not A plus B equals C, B plus A equals C. It doesn't equal that. No, it's, you know, it's making them proficient in, again, not the tool, but the ability to think and problem solve and, you know, carry out that, carry out that concept, what have you, using a tool to be able to do something. And, you know, that's a lot of what going back to the SAMR model is getting up to that R and redefining it and being able to prove what you know. I I had an interesting situation this week. A a teacher came up and said, um, I'm looking for an app that does this thing she, she wanted to do, right? And I had a couple options. I could have, she was looking for me to respond and go, yes, um, Google Slides is the answer. Do this, do this, do this, and all your problems will be solved. And she's explaining everything. And she kept going like, what's the app do I need? Do I need to pay for this app? Should I go get my principal to buy the app? Do I need to worry about not being able to use it with my kids? And my questions for this teacher were more of, well, tell me more about the the product. What do you want to use it for? Do you want to share it with your kids? Do you want to share it with parents? Do you want it to be printed? Do you want it to be multilingual? Do you want and, and I was purposely going all over the place because I didn't want to answer the question of which application. I was going more into, okay, what can we do with it now that we have it? I know you want this. She wanted to make a book. So yeah. I know you want this book, but what if inside the book we put some videos in it? What if inside the book we pulled some you know, some, some photo collages. What if in the book you wanted to have an audio? Cause my answer was going to change based off of her answers. The way that I would be working with this teacher is going to be different based off of her answers. And I was trying to pull what the curriculum behind it was. What's the reason behind it? Because if we can get her thinking in that respect, that's going to then trickle down to what do we want the students to be doing students to be learning Rather than just saying, hey, we're going to use Google Slides to make a book and that's what we're going to do. And you're kind of, you don't want to put a frame around it sometimes, I think. Yeah, one of those four C's in the 21st century learning is developing that critical thinking. And we want to do that so bad in our students. So as coaches, we need to develop that as we work with teachers. Then in turn, that will uh, directly impact our student learning. How do coaches come up with their own philosophy? How do coaches come up with that design theory in their head of this is how, you know, this is what I'm thinking. Anybody that's listening to this show um, might have their own coaching style, coaching philosophy based off of their experiences. But what advice can we give coaches out there for really to define those meaningful interactions that are having with teachers? Well, first of all, you know, examine your own personality and how you're going to come across. Well, kind of like I referred to at the beginning, not going in there and parting all your knowledge on someone, you know, think about how you want to approach people. And that has a lot to do with your personality. So develop that just like as a classroom teacher, you have to develop that classroom management style. 
that's so important when you begin as a coach and just as you develop through your own experience and evolve as a coach. Just keep developing that and examining within yourself and in your own heart of what you want to accomplish with these teachers. Let me let me ask you the same question here, and I, I've got my answer for this one, but um, what is important about the interactions that a coach has with a principal? What should they be focused on? Well, first of all, the vision and mission of the school or the district, you know, what, what is the big picture of the entire district that everyone is working toward? And then how can you as the tech coach collaborate with that administrator to carry that out through the use of technology and coaching teachers? So, you know, again, meetings, you know, as much as possible in with the principal of the school or even at you know, district or system leadership meetings as much as possible and as applicable as can be can have a huge effect on the buy-in of the teachers and your success as a coach. I agree. You know, I, I, I've been reflecting ever since starting to go through the, the, the Coaching Matters book here of what are those conversations going to be like with the principals, um, with my you know, with my principals with my administrators that, that, that I, I work and serve with. And I, I think when we first start off as coaches, we want to have those, you know, proud moments with our principals. And I think sometimes when we start those, it starts with, I did, I did, I, look at what I did. I was over here. I did this. I did that. At some point in time, you realize, okay, those conversations should be more of the teacher did this, the teacher did that, and here's what the teacher's doing. Look at the teacher did. Mm -hmm. But I think as you go down and, and, and check me on this one, because they mention this a lot in the book, um, at some point in time, those principal conversations really do need to be, look at what the students are doing. Look at, look at the projects the students are creating. Look over here, the student did this. Absolutely. Because if you're focusing on the student, it's obviously implied the teacher did, the coach did, the system did, and look at what we're doing in the building. It's awesome. Exactly. One thing affects another through that cycle. Because you can say, I helped Mrs. Jones. You can say, Mrs. Jones use a Google slide to create a book. And you can say, the students just published their own thing out on, on bookcreator.com or something like that, right? Yes. There, it's the same conversation but you're putting so much more detail into the simple sentence of Billy published a book using book creator than having to spend sometimes 20 minutes talking about your accomplishments or the teacher's transformational. It's look, this, this, this kid did something awesome. Exactly. So, you know, going through this chapter, this just had a lot of foundational stuff and, you know, one thing that stood out to me and, you know, as Jeff and I compared notes as we went through here, you know, something that we pulled out here, it's not about the title of coach. It's how that act is implemented. So, mm -hmm. you know, what's your take on that, Jeff? I agree. You know, I, I again, I'm, I, I will always say the joke. If you have 10 tech coaches, you have 25 job descriptions. And over the last little bit, it you know, it doesn't matter if you're a tech coach, a digital learning coach. Um, I heard a good one today, Elf. You're an e-learning facilitator, right? I've heard digital transformation. Um, 
there there's a lot of them out there and whatever the title is yes great um I, I think I came up with one of you know you're a behavior modification accelerator because really when it comes down to it the word coach just means make me do something different right and it's how fast can you make me do something different mm-hmm. right so I don't know the acronym for that one but bottom line you you carry a lot of things for teachers you carry a lot of things for for students you carry a lot of things for buildings you carry a lot of things for districts but you know one of the things that i love about this show having great guests on last week we had amy and Lindsay on the week before that i think it was we had sarah come on and and you and i have had this great conversations too we're coaches for each other and i think that's the important thing here and if we can kind of put a bow on this episode and on this first chapter Coaches need to be coaches for each other. When I walked through the building for the first time the other day, I had a coach with me. And even though we were kind of, you know, getting to know each other, working with each other, shadowing each other, et cetera, um, that was a good reminder of, you know, we're all here to help and support each other. Right. You know, that doesn't mean that, you know, it could be a coach on your team, could be a coach, um, on this podcast it could also be reaching out and joining a great plc like our teacher cast tech coaches network and you know we have this great program that's out there you can go to teachercast.net slash tcn form um and you can sign up for free we have a great program we've got online courses we've got um this book study is going to be a little bit more in depth and in detail over there and then also into that you know, on Wednesdays, we have our tech coach roundtables, and these are amazing opportunities to, to find information, to get with other tech coaches, reach out, ask for help, share resources. And, you know, we're coming up here on a year of what this version looks like. You know, in March will be a year from when we decided to start these 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 weekly roundtables. I've learned a lot. I know the people that are coming keep coming back every single week. And I want to give a shout out to the to the roundtable crew for helping us out and putting all this stuff together and, you know, humoring us every single Wednesday night at 830 Eastern. And if you guys are interested in talking more about coaching matters or would like to be a part of those roundtables, check it out over at teachercast.net slash TCN form. And we would love to have you uh, become a part of our TeacherCast Tech Coaches Network today. Sue, I think we're hitting about 300 tech coaches right now, and it's a really, really nice little place to come and join and share resources. And I hope everybody out there listening has a chance to check this stuff out. So it's been awesome. So many of you out there are in small districts and you may be the only tech coach in your district or at your school building. So don't ever feel like you're alone or in a silo. Come join us and contribute to the conversation. You know, as we wrap up chapter one here, there is a nice little conclusion at the end. They put a bow on their chapter. And I'm just going to read a couple of the passages here. You know, it says coaches need to be highly effective educators of both students and teachers. Sue, true or false? Oh, absolutely true. That You need to be an educator yourself. You need to have that classroom experience and know what they're going through. You can't just go Again, impart your knowledge. You have to have had that experience to be able to be successful with a teacher. We need to be able to not only work with teachers one-to-one, but be able to, when working with students, be doing it in a way that's actually coaching the teacher, not doing the teacher's role for them as they're somewhere else or, you know, out busy, I should say. Exactly. Right? Very, Very true. Um. 
Other things they mention here, helping other educators takes a high degree of social and emotional skill, technical expertise, and most importantly, patience. Would you agree on that? Oh, definitely. I think we have uh, covered that in our conversation today. They also mentioned that the success of a coaching program only leads to a more successful coaching program. If a principal sees you working with a couple of teachers, they're going to say, oh, why don't you now go work with this PLC or this group of teachers? Or, hey, why don't you take on more? So success breeds success. Absolutely. So, Sue, as you can see, um, there's a lot really to unpack here. I'm looking forward to deep diving into more of these chapters with you. Uh, chapter two specifically uh, is an important one here. It talks all about conditions necessary for successful coaching. So we're going to talk all about that on our next episode, not just what, but really talking about the environment, making sure that a coach is successful at both the district level, the building level, and of course the classroom level, making sure that everything has worked. I'm going to be honest, not everybody um, is going to listen to this episode and go, I have the best coaching you know, environment. You might be listening to that episode saying, I don't think I can change my coaching environment and we're going to provide some tips and tricks and strategies and how to get through it and how to help yourself and how to make sure that you're successful. Um, Sue, can I share a story this week? And this is a true story. I had a coach reach out to me on Twitter. We had a long direct message conversation. And basically this coach said, um, Started off, of course, with I'm so glad you have your show. Thank you for all this stuff. But then she says, the reason why I'm listening to your show is because I'm hearing rumors that due to budget concerns, my position is going to get eliminated and we're going to remove all of our coaches from the school. And (sighs) been there. You know, that's that's all I was thinking. I didn't say that, but that's all I was thinking while I was writing is been there. I've been the person to come in. I've been the person where the position of coach was eliminated and now i'm actually seeing the results of the work that i did at my previous district because those kids are still there the teachers are still there but you're seeing the results on a school district when there is no coach to help out there is nobody working in especially in the hybrid learning environment if this is you if this fits you if you're sitting here saying you know i need some help i need to reach out to somebody Please don't hesitate. Reach out to us at Ask the Tech Coach. We're here to help. We're here to talk to you guys. We're doing this show each and every Monday morning for you guys. We want to help and support you guys at wherever you are in your buildings, your classrooms, your districts. Sue and I love working with coaches. And if you need a you know a, a conversation, a friend, a hug, or whatever, we are here for you, Sue. There's a lot of stuff going on these days in school districts. It's not easy yes. to be a tech coach. No, it's not. It's, you know, like I said, we've come to the forefront and, you know, we're, you know, we were important before, but, you know, we're, we're so much more important now. And, you know, if there's nobody in your district telling you as a tech coach out there, how important you are, um, hear it from us right now. You guys are so important um, that are listening to us right now. And uh, like Jeff said, we're here for you, ready to have a conversation. Absolutely. So check out all the great stuff going on over on Ask the Tech Coach. Um, Read the blogs, check out the podcast, share this with your friend. I love seeing the tweets that say, oh my goodness, I didn't know the show exists. 
we're here. <laughs> 125 <laughs> episodes in, we're here. So, Sue, let's put a bow here at the end of episode one, or chapter one, I should say. We'll come back next week. We'll talk about chapter two, conditions for necessary for su- conditions necessary for successful coaching. And Sue, um, you know, thanks for for doing this book study with me. I'm looking oh, forward to this. Love it. And uh, again, if anybody wants to jump in to do an episode with us or to talk about any of these subjects, or if you know the authors, um, please reach out to us. We would love to have you here. So let's put a a wrap up here on episode number 125 of Ask the Tech Coach. You can, again, find all the stuff over at askthetechcoach.com. Check out the Tech Coach Tech Coaches Network. And uh, would love to have you guys follow us on all of our social media and share this episode with your friends. So on behalf of Sue and everybody here from the TeacherCast Educational Network, my name is Jeff Bradbury, reminding you to keep up the great work in your classrooms and continue sharing your passions with your students. You've been listening to Ask the Tech Coach, hosted by Jeff Bradbury of the TeacherCast Educational Network. Please reach out to the show with all of your questions on Twitter at AskTheTechCoach or online at www.askthetechcoach.com. Be sure to subscribe to our podcast so you don't miss any future episodes. And please take a moment to write a review in the App Store.